This is Alex Massa, and you're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Yes, they are. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. How are you? Me too. Welcome to episode three of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. And thank you so much for giving us such a warm welcome. Lots of nice reviews we're getting. Thank you all very much. A couple of them. Tom Singer, thanks for the kind word there. Chuck CW, that's very gracious. Thank you very much, Chuck. E2L19. Thank you for the kind word. That's good. I'll hit some more of you later, folks. If you uh, leave your Twitter handle in your comment, and uh, I'll give you a shout out on the air. I'd love to do that. Today, though, I want to share an episode with you, an interview of somebody very close to home here. Uh, Somebody that, as I mentioned, I'm holding up as one who really gives back to the community. Uh, and a couple of words about this. Uh, I recorded this interview with him just uh, just before the holidays, or during the holidays, just before Christmas. So uh, that accounts for the timing there. And also, things were such that I could not get him hooked up on a uh, on a Skype line. So I talked to him over his office phone. And I just wanted to get this done and get this to you. So it's very listenable. Uh, it's very understandable. You'll hear some office noise in the background in terms of a phone ringing once in a while, and it perhaps doesn't sound as great as what you're used to listening to and what I want to bring to you, but it is of enough value that I want you to let me off the hook this time for that and give a good listen to what this man's all about. So uh, there we go. Uh, Let's go ahead and get started. Ladies and gentlemen, part of the journey to success for any leader any entrepreneur is that final step of giving back, giving back to your community, giving back to those in need. And here in the RVA, the one person that I hold up as a shining example of this is a guy that when I walk into his office, they're usually a pair of retrievers lounging there. So what better guess for Labrador leadership, but he's also the man that keeps my cars running. And apparently, the cars of hundreds and hundreds of other people as well. From Midas of Richmond, Mark Smith, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot, Bob. I'm happy to be here. Oh, well, thank you very much for taking the time. I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell your story about giving back to our listeners today. And one of the things that was mentioned in a recent article uh, in the RVA uh, leadership uh, blog was that you, you have been attached to Virginia Blood Service for a blood drive for a long time. And I think a lot of folks are familiar with blood drives, not just from the other side of the needle. But, but when I did a blood drive at an at a institution I was with uh, a while back, they would bring their truck in and we'd sit there most of the day and I'd get 20 people to donate. And the director would go, congratulations, that's great. You beat our average. 
Uh, why don't you tell us how many folks will get on that bus when it pulls in front of your place these days? We have six blood drives a year, Bob, and on average, four to 500 people show up. 500 people. 500 people giving blood. That's just amazing. Congrats. How did you get involved with the VBS, which is the Virginia Blood Service? We got active with VBS right after 9-11. It was kind of a knee-jerk reaction. I wanted to do something, so I reached out to Bob Carden, who was the then CEO of VBS, and introduced myself, and he and I had grabbed a cup of coffee, and I said, you know, I've got an idea that maybe if we started giving away oil changes, we can send people to give blood. We rolled that out in 2001, and we really haven't looked back. Wow, 500 people. So when folks come to give to give blood, to donate blood at one of your blood drives, uh, you give them a free oil change. We give them a free oil change every time they give blood. We've uh, today given away, I want to say, 16,800 oil changes. 16,000 oil changes. That's just incredible. Now, I have this fact here, and I just it's tough to get my hands around. The Virginia Blood Service says that 3% of the blood they get comes from Midas. The word we have, Bob, is that between 25 and 3% of the donations that VBS gets on any given year come as a result of our drives. That's just an amazing contribution. Congratulations on that. Now, But that the Virginia Blood Service is not the only organization you're involved with. You also are very involved with uh, Feedmore and the Central Virginia Food Bank. How long have you Feedmore. been Feedmore is an exceptional group. We got active with them back before they were Feedmore. They were still the Central Virginia Food Bank. We've been active with them also since 2001. They are one of the most dynamic nonprofits I've, ever, I've had the fortune of working with over the years. What makes them special? <clears throat> one, you know, looking at it from a for-profit filter, which is certainly how I view the world, they, if you look at nonprofits and what makes a nonprofit credible versus non-credible by the big rating systems, they give 95% of every dollar they get back out in the programs. So their operating administrative costs are only 5% of what they take in, which is an exceptionally efficient operation. Wow, that, that is excellent. And, and you are working them year-round, working with them year-round. I know that when I've been into the shop there uh, and I've gone to pay for whatever work I've had done or an inspection or something like that, You've invited me to say, uh, I'll pay for your inspection if you can put a, put a 20 in that donation box for the food bank. And I know that's been a huge success because the uh, donation bins there have always been overflowing. We've done that for five years now. You know, Virginia State Inspections, the state allows us to charge $16, which is kind of a silly number. So the thing we think we can do is raise awareness about hunger by giving you, our customers, a small break, $10 instead of $16, and giving that money directly to Feedmore. Doing that allows us to give Feedmore between one hundred and twenty-five dollars and $150,000 a year, which is a big impact on hunger. Oh, that's a huge impact. Uh, and there's a third one that I have a note on. There's a backpack program you also do. The backpack program is a food bank program. It's not done by Minus to Richmond, but we sponsor it. Um, this is a program that feeds 2,000 kids a weekend to give them healthy food to take home from Friday to Monday, Thought process being, we feed them, feed more feeds them Monday through Friday with kids' cafes and after-school lunch programs, things like that. But obviously, if these kids don't have any food in their refrigerator at home during the week, they're not going to have it at home during the weekend either. So, boy, five or six, maybe eight years ago, we set out to work with Feed More on this. And right now, the backpack program feeds 2,000 kids a weekend. 
Oh, that's just great. I, you know, I think I think so many people feel that uh, childhood hunger is is something that in a society such as ours today we should be able to eliminate. You know how how successful are we at doing that? You know, I guess that's really arbitrary on how you de- define success. Um, on one hand, I'm really happy with the fact that six or seven years ago we were feeding 100 kids a weekend, and now we're feeding 2,000. So that's one very positive reality. Um, some spins on that reality are that on any given day we've got demand for, or on any given weekend, I should say, we've got demand for 3,500 backpacks, so we're still well short. And if you look at the hunger stats for Central Virginia, Bob, there's 53,000 kids in the area we're in right now that don't know whether or not they're going to get a meal today. So while we've made a big dent, we've got a lot more to do. We've got a lot more work to do here. Uh, yeah, I agree with your perspective. We can feel good about the work that's been done, but there still is much work to be done. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And this is great. Hey, I, I want to shift gears for just a second. We're talking with Mark Smith of Minus in Richmond in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, when, when did you become a car guy? Um, kind of accidentally, I became a car guy, I guess you could say in 1986 when Midas Inc. hired me, they hired me, I was the first college graduate and I answered a blind ad and went to work for Midas International in 1986. What were you doing for them? I've done a variety of field positions for them. I started as a store manager and then went to a district manager, a regional manager, then ultimately got involved in real estate and franchise acquisition covering North America and Western Europe. Wow. So you landed here in Richmond. Uh, was that by assignment or by choice, or how did you get here? Absolutely by choice. It was 1998. I was still with Midas International. Had a good career with them. Was traveling 190, 200 nights a year, getting really tired of it. Sat down with a CEO one day and said I wanted to buy a market. Richmond, Baton Rouge, Sacramento, and Vegas were available. Uh, for a lot of reasons, Richmond worked. So in October of 1998, I switched sides of the fence, became a franchisee, and bought the Richmond market. Uh, and, and, it's been, and it's been growing a lot. At least I would say I've lived in the town my entire life. I've moved never outside of town. I've had a chance to travel. And Richmond seems to now be getting a little bit of buzz in the air. There's a lot of press from certain you know niche publications like uh, restaurant journals say you know richmond is one of the great places for foodies at this point uh or it, you know the hipsters say richmond's a great place for young folks to live now uh what's your vibe on richmond at this point i think richmond's a really great place right now you look at what we've got going on for the comments you just made you know the foodies and the microbreweries and all that stuff that's coming up you look at the big bike experience we're going to have here in 2015 You've got a great location. You've got uh, you've got the beach. You've got the mountains. You've got D.C. and in contained in that, then you've got Richmond kind of evolving into its own unique character and its own unique footprint. I love being here. I think it's a great place to live. I think it's a great place to do business. Well, you have such a great story here, and and thanks for being part of the community. Now, now let's. Uh, I want to step inside the uh, the doors of your shop for just a second. Uh, when you. When you're looking for somebody to bring on in your shop, a guy that's going to work on the cars, uh, what person are you looking for? Where do you find them? What's important to you? Boy, there's a $100 million question. Uh, we're in the people business, Bob. I think anybody who's in retail is in the people business. We're in the experience management business. So that's kind of where I go. Uh, when I bring new people in, I am very slow to do so. 
it's a pretty methodical approach we take because once I give anybody a key to one of my stores, they become the face of Midas at Richmond. So it's a multi-interview, very slow step process. Uh, whether or not you have automotive experience means nothing to me. I can teach you what a water pump is. I can teach you what a water pump does. What I can teach you is the whole mojo of service experience. You've got to have a feel for that. Your body language, how you address me, how you respond to questions, how you bring questions of your own. There's a long dialogue that goes into me, into the conversation I'll have with you before I decide whether I'm going to do anything with you. That that's a great perspective. So if you if you have a, a candidate for lack of a better term, or just somebody that you're considering bringing on board, that is go, going to start in the shop, working on my car or anyone else's car that comes in there, uh, you feel that you can teach them the tech size. You can show them how to do the diagnostics or change the hoses or the belts or whatever. But they have to already know in their gut how to treat customers, right? That's that's the key. Um, you know, we're in the people business. People have a lot of choices when it comes to car care. People have a lot of choices when it comes to anything they choose to do. And you've got to present a compelling position. You've got to present a compelling personality. Car care is a tough business, Bob, because if you love me, if you just totally love Midas of Richmond, I'm still only going to see it three or four times a year. So I've got to make it memorable. I've got to make it professional. I've got to leave leave you with a sense of being well taken care of, and that's a hard lesson to teach, and it's a hard lesson to learn. And how you know how are you how do you find yourself in in the competition with other uh, service providers in the Richmond area? You're beating them because of what? Um, you know, candidly, I don't pay attention to other competitors. I just years ago I made the black and white decision, I guess, to not worry about that. I worry about us. I worry about my daily metrics. I worry about the conversations I have with my store managers, my service writers, and I worry about our ability to do a little bit more tomorrow than we did yesterday. Um, I think that way I can take my eye off of things that I don't have any control over. I can't control what Firestone does. I spent a long time thinking about that, and so I guess at this point I don't. I'm relatively indifferent to it. Because if we do what we're supposed to do and we do it as well as we can do it, Bob, there's something up there for all of us. Uh, that's a that's a great perspective. Uh, Mark Smith, Midas of Richmond, with us this morning. You uh, you have mentioned that there's a an event, just a a, a minor event that goes on uh, weekly or every so often in your stores. Talk about the what ifs. Well, either you'll be in a meeting or maybe you do it by email that you uh, drop a what-if bomb on your staff. Uh, what's your perspective there? Can you give us an example of one? There's, every, once a week, my entire leadership team, which is my office manager and my store management and service writing staff, gets an email from me just thinking through an idea, just thinking through a what-if, thinking through we do things this way, what if we tried that. We are constantly looking at different angles. We're constantly looking at different ideas. You've got some people in Richmond that offer incredibly compelling experience management platforms. You know, Gary Glover with his team at Puritan, Sarah and Andy down at Ladiff. They just treat retail like a real experience. So I am constantly hitting my people with what if we did this and what if we did that. A recent example is loaner cars. We now have loaner cars at every one of our stores, brand new Honda Fits, um, and we've got these things set up. What if we made car care that much more convenient? You know, Bob Nolly calls, and he needs work done on his ex. Well, Bob, I've got a car here for you. What day would you like to come in? So you can come in knowing you've got transportation set. That's now a non-issue. You don't need to worry about logistics of getting from here to there. 
we are constantly going, what if we did this and what if we did that? I throw out a lot of really, really bad ideas, but every so often we find something that works. Yeah, that's that's the way the idea generation takes place. You're brainstorming, you might have nine ugly ones for one that has a spark of a possibility there, and that's great. And, you know, just your perspective right there of having uh, loaner cars available, you know, just to understand the the depth of your commitment to the customer, uh, until until today, until this moment, when I'm talking to you for the purpose of getting your story out on the air for us, I, I've, I've just been a customer of yours. But when one of the biggest uh, nuts that somebody has to solve when getting a car repair done is, all right, how do I get it there and get away from there? And then how do I get back to get it? You, Somebody in your shop has driven me home. You know, that you, you have tried to just eliminate that altogether and go, don't worry about it. And, and your wife, Patty, what a wonderful lady she is. She goes, I'll give you a ride home, Bob. And I was just so appreciative because I'm sitting there and I've got a, a busted auto and I'm wondering how much it's going to take to get it fixed and how long I'll be without it and how I'm going to solve getting here and there for whatever the days are. So that that's great. That's just great. We're working on logistics now, Bob, to take the idea into 2015 with one more spin and I've taken a couple things to work out here, but we should be done in the next few weeks. Our next goal is to bring the car to your house and pick your car up. Oh. So the conversation will basically go like, Bob, what time does your day start? And if you say 7 o'clock, then I'll tell you that I've got a, you know, I'll have a Honda Fit in your driveway at 645. We'll pick your car up. We'll do everything that needs to be done. Then we'll either arrange to swap the cars out that night at home or we'll come to you later at work. I want to make your life easier. You've got other things to worry about than car care, so let me worry about that for you. Oh, gosh. Well, good luck moving forward with that. Uh, can, just so everybody that's listening, and we'll have listeners around the world to this, and I'm, I'm sure it'll be an inspiration to so many people. Can, what was, uh, where did life get started for you? What was growing up like for you? Well, it was growing up like for me. My dad was one of the first employees for a, what was then a little car company called Toyota Motor Sales. He uh, he started with Toyota in 1965. Um, I was two at the time, so obviously there were still some pretty strict curfews on me. Um, <laughs> but my dad was the fourth U.S. employee of Toyota Motor Sales. So as Toyota grew, we moved. Um, I mean, there was a year we moved and out. We lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Pueblo, Colorado, and Lake Oswego, Oregon in the same year. So what was growing up like for me? Growing up was a multi-move, bi-coastal experience driven by the fact Toyota was growing so well and my dad did well with them. So it just, that was it. So, you know, you were probably a car guy before you were looking at a, an interview with Midas uh, sitting in the airport that day. Oh, yeah. I was on my way out to interview with Toyota when I answered Midas, Midas' ad. So, yeah, that was the plan. So uh, what else did you take away from your dad that made you the guy you are today? He's a hard-working guy. You know, he's a self-made dude. He's a hard-working guy. Um, he just knew the value of a dollar, knew the value of a hard day's work, uh, taught me those things well. And fortunately, that's kind of stuck, I guess. And uh, we can always do a little bit better, but uh, he laid a path that I've tried to follow. You've already, uh, you've already let us uh, peek under the covers and told us what you know, kind of things you're talking about for 2015. Uh you know, five years from now, what would you like Mark Smith and what would you like Midas to look like? Um, more of the same. You know, bigger, if we can get bigger within the scope of our, our growth parameters. 
I want Midas to feed more people. I want Midas to get more awareness out. We've got great relationships now with some area schools. We're talking actively to them to get the kids engaged. We've got a conduit here, Bob, where the business is now a means to an end. And if I can get word out about feed more, the important, critically important work that Doug and his team do there, we get VBS going. Maybe we find another avenue that we can explore. Just keep building awareness. Keep creating energy behind the causes. Do what we can to get people engaged. If five years from now our network or our impact is that much bigger than those three causes, I'll be a-okay with that. Oh, and we all would too. So I want to get all the listeners here to get this framed up. We've heard about all the great things that Mark and Midas is doing here in the community. Uh, from the perspective of Midas, they have stores all over North America, and their average store does $700,000 a year. Mark, why don't you tell us how much your store is doing this year? Uh, the average Midas shop, the 703000 our short pump store this year will be just north of $3 million. $3 million. And you say also that Midas is, is so, I won't just say impressed, I'm sure they are, I think, interested, is they're coming to see you to try to find a way to copy your model and make that work elsewhere in the nation. They've got a, Midas is a great network. We've got a, I've got some really great peers. I've got some very progressive peers. In fact, in a couple of weeks, there are eight of us getting together in Phoenix for three days of basically just what if. And, and they're good at just taking an idea that's working in one market and trying to foster it in another market. So the franchisees work with the franchisor. It's a very progressive relationship. And we're always trying to learn from each other because, you know, what got me here won't get me where I want to go. I've got to, it's got to be more to it. Boy, I'm going to I want to take that clip and play it again and again for everybody as we move forward. What got me here won't get me where I'm headed. That is that is just great. Well, as we sit here, we're not going to air this until January into the new year and celebrate that. But as we sit here in the in the holiday season with all the work you're doing as a lifetime member of the Richmond community, I just want to say thanks for all you're doing and thanks for being a part of it. Bob, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate you getting me active in your program here. Um, you know, if there's nothing else to think about, think about what happens when you multiply 6 by 18. You know, it equals 108. Unless it's the 6 inches between your ears multiplied by the 18 inches from your heart to your head, that's when we can all become very important change agents and make a big difference in anything we choose to attack. Oh, that's just beautiful. Thank you for that. Hi, I know you're very busy there in the shops during the day. Uh, if folks that hear this want to reach out to you and contact you, what's the best way to reach you? They can reach me at my short pump store, 804-360-2211. I'm in and out a lot, but somebody here will always take a message for me, get it to me, and I'll get back to them just as quick as I can. I'd love to chat with anybody who's got an idea they want to brew about. Oh, that's just wonderful. And, uh, and Lavies, let me tell you, here's a guy that's just giving me his phone number. So thank you very much. Mark, happy holidays to you, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and Patty and everybody under the Midas Earth. Thanks a lot, Bob. Happy holidays to you and yours as well. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Well, that, that could be no less than inspiring. Mark, thank you very much. And everybody, go find the guy, the lady in your town 
That's the Mark Smith that gives back like that and support them. On our next show, Alex is back and we talk about the story of the Big Rocks. See you then. Have a great day.